The views and opinions expressed on this show do not necessarily express those held by this station or its advertisers and are strictly the opinions held by those contributing to the show. Welcome to the Eric Little High School Football Podcast, your home for news, discussion, and opinions about high school football in the Mid-Ohio Valley. And now, here's your host, Eric Little. Welcome inside the Eric Little High School Football Podcast. Once again, I am the namesake. Thank you for joining us on this Super 6 week. It's the week of the state championships in West Virginia. Williamstown headed back to the Super 6 for the first time since 2014. After a sluggish effort in the first two rounds, the Yellow Jackets run away with a win against Midland Trail in the semifinals. Williamstown rolled 56-8. and The Yellow Jackets were firm and dominant in their win against Midland Trail. 35 points in the second quarter out of Williamstown. Williamstown held Midland Trail with three and out on their opening drive, and then scored on a 65-yard 10-play drive. Ty Moore's three-yard touchdown run made it 7-0 going into the second quarter, and it didn't get better from there for Midland Trail. Again, 35 points in the second quarter for Williamstown. They were comfortably ahead by the half. Carter Haynes connected with Eric Brown for a 26-yard touchdown. Skylar Blatt returned a blocked punt for a score. Later in the quarter, Donathan Taylor got into the end zone twice, and then Haynes threw another touchdown pass to Brown. Taylor would add a third rushing touchdown, and Moore would add another one for a good measure. Donathan Taylor with 16 carries, 146 yards. Again, three of his 16 carries got to the end zone. Ian Haynes, 7 of 10, throwing the football for 151 yards. Two of those passes got to the end zone. So strong stuff out of an offense that had really sputtered in the last two weeks. For Williamstown, they were able to flex their muscles and get a strong win against Midland Trail. And I think it was important for them to put up some points to show some confidence and to gather some confidence heading into that rematch with Wheeling Central. We'll get more to the Maroon Knights in just a few moments. That's one of the things that head coach Terry Smith said on television this week. He was concerned about the offense. He said the defense had played well, but it was the offense that was a bit of a concern, and sometimes that happens. Sometimes you go through slumps. Sometimes those happen at the worst times of the year. So not out of the realm for Williamstown to have that happen to them at a pretty rough part of the year. But that's certainly nothing to be concerned about right now because it seems like that Williamstown offense is clicking. If they can continue to do some of those things and take that momentum into practice this week, and if they can take that into Wheeling Island Stadium on Saturday night, then that should bode well for Williamstown. It's a rematch of the August 23rd opener between these two schools, between Williamstown and Wheeling Central. That was a 33-0 Wheeling Central win over Williamstown. For Williamstown, they'll be looking for the first title since 2014. I don't think I have to tell you who they beat if you live in Pleasants County or how that game went down. The Yellow Jackets of Terry Smith, congratulations to them on another trip to Wheeling Island Stadium. They are 11-2 as they'll go for a state championship on Saturday night. They'll face the Wheeling Central Maroon Knights, who held Hunter America to under 100 yards for the first time this season. They rolled 47-7 against Doddridge County on Friday night. First time this year, America's been held to under 100 yards rushing. They didn't throw the ball for a whole lot either. Wheeling Central's offense scored 33 of their 47 points in the second half. Curtis McGee for Wheeling Central was 20 of 25 passing for 399 yards and five touchdowns. He also ran for 91 yards, so a monster game for McGee. Anthony Robbins with eight catches, 216 yards, and three touchdown grabs. Bray Price ended up with eight catches for 141 yards and two touchdowns, both of those on shovel passes. So Wheeling Central rolls, Williamstown rolls, and those two teams will meet on Wheeling Island. For Wheeling Central, they'll be looking for their second straight state championship. Also, if you're from Pleasance County, I don't think I have to tell you who they beat last year to get that title. 
To be quite honest, the games weren't all that good in the semifinal round. Rematches in the finals in class AAA after Martinsburg defeated Musselman 42 to 14 and Spring Valley routed Capital 56 to 14. So it's Martinsburg and Spring Valley in class AAA and in class AA. It's Fairmont Senior and Bluefield. Fairmont Senior rolled 59 nothing over Weir. Bluefield with a 35-14 win over Bridgeport. That game at least went as I thought it might, and I even said something to the extent of how Bridgeport would give Bluefield a game. Bluefield's a very good school. They're the defending state champion, and from what I've heard, they look as strong this year. But what really surprises me is that Weir didn't mount any better of an offensive attack against Fairmont Senior. They were a low seed because I believe they've had some injury issues, but they've scored a lot of points in the last couple weeks. Go back to their quarterfinal matchup. They upset their way to the quarterfinals with a 63-43 win over Nicholas County. And then in the opening round, they scored 41 on Polka and a 41-14 win there. So for them to bow out with a shutout loss is a bit of a stunner. Not saying I thought that game would be close necessarily, but I thought that we would at least put some points on the board. And then Martinsburg rolled over Musselman. That was a rematch of a game during the regular season, and it didn't go much better for Musselman. And though Capital was good, they just were not in the class of Spring Valley this year. Looking at those Class A games, by the way, I said this on the program. Wheeling Central rolled in the second half. I thought Doddridge kind of would keep that close for a little while, and they did. They did for about two and a half quarters, and then Williamstown Midland Trail was a bit of a surprise to me. Not that I was, I'm surprised to see Williamstown go on the road to pull it upset, but I am surprised to see that that was 56-8. to eight. I thought Midland Trail would have a bit of a better showing than that, but you know they caught Williamstown on a night where they were fired up, ready to go, and that offense clicked. That offense is as good as it's been all season, and looked as good as it's looked all season, and we'll see if they can roll that into the Super 6. So again, in Class A, it's Wheeling Central Williamstown. In Class AA, it's Fairmont Senior Bluefield, and in AAA, it's Martinsburg Spring Valley. I asked you last week what you thought we'd see out of the semifinal round and who would head into the Super 6. Craig Dutton comments that it's funny that a lot of the games use the Friday 1.30 p.m. option, and we'll have much more on game times coming up, but he saw Fairmont Senior Bluefield, Martinsburg Spring Valley, and Central Williamstown as well. Craig points out that it has been 15 years since a non-Ohio Valley team won the Class A state championship. That was 2003's Moorfield Yellow Jackets under Alan Fiddler. They defeated Williamstown for the state championship that year. You look back on it, and it's been quite a run of dominance. Wheeling Central in 04, 5, 6, 7, and then 8, it was Williamstown. 9, it was Weirton Madonna. 10 and 11, Wheeling Central. 12, Wahama. 13, Madonna again. 14, Williamstown. Magnolia in 15, St. Mary's in 16, then Wheeling Central last year. So quite an impressive run from the Ohio Valley on Wheeling Island Stadium. Tara Malone says that the Class AA and AAA games could be rematches, and he's got Martinsburg over Spring Valley in the Class AAA title game. He's got Fairmont Senior over Bluefield in a close one in the AA game, which honestly I think might be the best game of the three. And he's got Williamstown over Midland Trail and Wheeling Central over Doddridge County. So those were good calls by Craig Dutton and Taryn Malone. I want to thank those guys for contributing to the podcast as always. And I asked you some of your thoughts online about this week's Super 6 and some of the things that you said. Craig Mullen says, I think the biggest surprise is the rematch of Wheeling Central and Williamstown. And the Williamstown peaked at the right time. I think Williamstown looked a lot better after the first time they played Wheeling Central. They got some things fixed within a few weeks after that game. And they looked like a different team by the time I saw them against St. Mary's. The passing game is what really rounded into form for Williamstown by that point of the season. 
and I think if they can throw the ball a little bit the way they have been much of the season, I think that's going to keep Wheeling Central on their toes and give them some things to think about. Defensively, Williamstown's going to have their hands full with those weapons on Wheeling Central's offensive side of the ball. They've got speed and size all in the same package. That's what's going to make them tough to defend. More on this game later. Steve Parlett says, go Polar Bears. Of course, Fairmont guy wants to see Fairmont Senior taken home, and Craig Dutton confirms that's exactly what he expected to see. Angela Davis says she would like to see Doddridge County make it to Wheeling Island Stadium, and I think there's a lot of people who would, not necessarily because of a dislike for Wheeling Central or a dislike for seeing them succeed, although for some people that's probably what it is, but more because Doddridge County is on a bit of a Cinderella run. They've not made it to this stage in a long time, and to see that program do well after many years of struggling, I think that's something a lot of people are looking forward to. Plus, Hunter America's been a great story this year, a fantastic season, and it took a Wheeling Central to hold him to fewer than 100 yards. I think that's a testament to how good he is, and maybe even more so a testament to how good Wheeling Central's defense is. So I want to thank all those folks for their fine feedback on the show this week. Depth Chart is the home for Wood County's most in-depth high school sports coverage. Depth Chart goes beyond the game with features that promote the student-athlete throughout the county. The Depth Chart website covers all six Wood County public and private high schools at DepthChartWC.com. Founder and journalist Kerry Patrick is experienced and has covered the Valley for more than a decade. To find out more or to check out six or 12-month subscription rates, go online to DepthChartWC.com, like Depth Chart on Facebook, or follow on Twitter at DepthChartWC. Depth Chart, subscription-based online sports coverage that keeps you in the know about the schools you care about. Stay connected with us on Facebook. Like our page, the Eric Little High School Football Podcast. While you're there, answer our weekly poll question and feel free to share your comments or questions. Eric will get to those on a future edition of the show. Let's take a look at this week's poll question. It was, when picking a time and date for your team's playoff game, how much should a coaching staff consider external factors and events? Examples, deer season, WVU or Marshall football, etc. And this was a pretty close vote. It didn't start that way. It ended up that way. 24 votes came in and 58% of you said it should be zero concern. 42% of you said it should be a major concern. Maybe major is not the word, but a concern of some sort would be the better way to, to have worded that. And I apologize for that. But again, 58 to 42% say external factors should not be a factor when you look into what time and uh, day to play your playoff game. And the reason I mention that is that there were six games in the state last weekend. And on Thanksgiving week for the last several years, the SSAC has approved a fourth option for time and date. Now, previously, you can pick Friday 7.30 or Saturday 1.30 or 7.30, but for the Thanksgiving weekend holiday, they allow a Friday 1.30 p.m. kick time, given that the schools are out, it's deer season, and many people are off from work anyway. And with some notice, if you need to be off that day, you can probably get that day. But that has largely been overlooked or bypassed until this year when three of the six games, including both AAA semifinals, were played on on Friday afternoon. And it's maybe a coincidence, maybe not, that the WVU-Oklahoma game, a highly anticipated matchup, took place at 8 p.m. Friday. It's not always that we know the time of a WVU kickoff going into a weekend, but that WVU-Oklahoma matchup was set with a date and a time attached at least in June, if not sooner than that. So we've known for a while when that WVU-Oklahoma game was going to be. People probably had tickets for a while to that game. And likewise, deer season is the same every year. It's always that week going into Thanksgiving. But I know that the reason schools don't even meet Monday, Tuesday, or Wednesday because they used to meet, I think, two of those three days in in at least Pleasants County when I was growing up. It stopped when I was in school. But the absenteeism was so high that they even stopped having school and just started making that a week-long break. 
And a lot of student athletes that go hunting with their parents, go hunting with their friends. That is a big part of the culture in this state, and that's something uh, worth considering. Worth noting as well the fact that the two Class A games were Friday night at 7.30, right up against that West Virginia game. So you'd think if people were avoiding that entirely, that would have been left wide open, and maybe those games would have been Saturday night, because that still would have lined up with seven days rest before the Class A title game next week. My opinion on it is this. You're on a journey with that team. As part of that journey, I think you sign on to having commitments for a certain chunk of the year. And of course, you've got to do weightlifting in the spring and the summer, and there's summer drills and things like that. The workouts usually start in January, but pretty much from the start of August until Thanksgiving weekend, if you're serious about going deep into the playoffs, you should pretty much block most of your time off for football. That's the primary activity you're going to be able to do if you're playing football. That means if you're serious about making a run deep into the playoffs, don't plan things for that late in the year. Likewise, if you're a parent and your kid is that deep into the playoffs, then don't expect to do a lot of things like that that time of the year. You know, Maybe don't have all your eggs in the WVU football basket because you could find yourself having a conflict in November. And remember this with high school football. I could have bought tickets for the WVU Oklahoma game. I could never walk onto a high school football field as a player again. I could go deer hunting tomorrow. I could go deer hunting today if I wanted to. I can never go play high school football or high school anything again. Those activities will still be there. There will be a 2019 WVU season, as far as I'm concerned. There will be a deer season next year. Those things aren't going anywhere. You can do those until you're 60, 70, 80 years old or or more, but you can only play high school football once, and if you've got a legitimate shot at a state championship, then I think that's where your focus ought to be, and um, not a lot else extracurricular-wise. Even if you don't feel like you've got a legitimate shot at a state championship, then do it for the people that you've been around and been playing for and playing with all year long. That's part of that commitment. That commitment is maybe making some sacrifices that could be a little bit painful to you. I know that if you're a deer hunter, that's something that you want to do and look forward to doing, and that's not something you do every part of the year. But like I said, you could do that next year and the year after and the year after and the year after that. So those activities don't go anywhere, but your window of time to play high school sports is very small. So be committed to that from that standpoint. Now, that's the student athlete and the parent standpoint. I'm looking at it now from the coach's standpoint. If you're a coach, that's what you tell your players. Well, all that I've just said is what you tell your players. They can do those activities other times of the year. You owe it to yourself. You owe it to your student athletes. You owe it to your school, your community, your program in general to play your game if this is your choice, if you're the road team and you have the choice of day and time, you owe it to all those parties to play that game at the time that you feel will give your team the best chance to win, whatever that happens to be. If you want to stay on a routine by playing one day or night, if you want to go to a new routine, then by all means do that. If you like the idea of getting on a bus and making one trip somewhere and then coming straight back that day without a hotel stay involved, then do that. If you think you've got a group that you can take and stay overnight somewhere and you'd rather keep them on a schedule by doing that and then playing the next day, then by all means do that. But either way, external events, deer season, WVU, those are the kind of things that I don't think you should take into account because you owe it to all those parties involved to provide your team with the best chance to win. An external factor that came in this year that I'm not sure that I've seen in the past was the state volleyball tournament. That is why Magnolia picked Friday night, and that's why Tyler Consolidated head coach Ryan Walton picked Friday as well to play their games respectively against Pendleton County and Wheeling Central because they expected their teams, in Walden's case, his daughter, in Chapman's case, his wife coaching the team. Uh, They expected their teams to make it to the state final, or at least to have a run at a state championship. And as it turned out, those were the two schools that squared off in the state championship on Saturday. So that's why those games were played on Friday with the hope of, well, unfortunately, we're going to miss your semifinals and your preliminary games in the state.
state tournament, but hopefully we get to see your final, and that's what happened. It worked out well for those schools. So there are a number of external factors. It's not just WVU or Deer season. You never know what's going on in the lives of the coaches, what's going on in the community, what's going on just in the general psyche of your football team, but certainly something like a WVU game shouldn't really be that much of a factor, unless, of course, you're university or Morgantown High School, and logistics and getting police officers and security and ambulances to staff your game may be a little bit of an issue. I get that. Same thing with the Huntington Area Schools and Marshalls at home. That's tough to host those games against a big event like that for logistical reasons. But other than that, just because you know three or four of your team's dads have tickets to the Oklahoma game, that's not a good enough reason. If you think it's in your best interest to play, play whenever, regardless of what's going on outside your team. Uh, again, 58% of you said zero concern. 42% said major concern. I'll read the feedback that we had. Craig Dutton said, personally, your boys should be focused and honed into their own game. And I personally wouldn't have any trouble playing at any time that's favorable to the team. But I'm not against the idea for a high school program to adjust their game time to accommodate local events or a Marshall or WVU game so that way money at the gate isn't affected. If you've got an athletic director that's the head coach, that's also going to be a concern to that head coach is how will the gate be affected? Because maybe you could logistically host a home game if you're Huntington High School against a Marshall game, but your gate would certainly be diminished. Same if you're Morgantown or UHS against a WVU game. And like I said, there's other things to think of. You're going to have at least one police officer at your game and some law enforcement presence. There needs to be an ambulance at your game, and maybe it's tough to get an EMT to come out. Uh, Kent Cutright says, if WVU is a concern, then stay home and watch them. And I think that's the fans' perspective. If you don't want to go watch your team play in the playoffs, you'd rather see WVU, then you know what? Stay home and watch WVU. The team will be just fine one way or the other without you. We saw that a little bit when Parkersburg South hosted against Hedgesville against the WVU TCU game. And a good number of people stayed home that day. And it was a cold day, granted, but I honestly thought the crowd would be a little bit bigger than it was at Erickson All Sports Facility. For a team that hadn't been in the playoffs in four years and for a team that hadn't hosted a game in over a decade, the crowd was a bit small on a sunny but cool and windy day. So, you know, you have to look at whether or not WVU might have been a factor there. Brandon Gregory says you need to consider external factors that can limit the kids' focus. More school-related stuff than WVU or Deer season. Got to think about other fall sports and the routine you've set. You can't have kids turning into something or checking scores when they should be thinking about their game. And Brandon, of course, is a coach on the Tyler Consolidated staff, and he's probably thinking of the volleyball tournament scenario that we brought up earlier, because that is something that uh, is going to limit a, a, a kid's focus. You know, if you're out there trying to be the running back, and you're wondering if your girlfriend's winning a state championship, you know, and she probably would have the same issue, you know, wondering what you're doing in the playoffs, and that can affect someone's focus. So if you can avoid stuff like that and be supportive to other programs and other events going on in your school, then I think that's good for you. Donald Butcher says, WVU sports makes sense. Why anyone worries about hunting in 2018 is beyond me. Obviously, he's like me, and he's not a hunter either. But again, like I said, those things, there'll be other big WVU games in future seasons, maybe not next season or the year after, but at some point down the road, they're going to be playing some big game. Uh, this Oklahoma game wasn't the end-all, be-all, and I know that deer. Uh, they may be diminished in the woods right now, but they'll be back, and you can hunt them next year just the same as you did this year, and that's not going anywhere either, and you can do that at any age you'd like. So, again, thank you for your comments and feedback on this week's poll. I knew that one would be an interesting, interesting topic to take on. Looking ahead to this week's matchups, in some ways, doesn't it seem like we've reached kind of an anticlimactic end of the season? Because the semifinal matchups, and to be honest, some of the quarterfinal matchups weren't really that good. What was a decent high school football season, you know, a lot of your good stories were knocked out early on, especially in this area. Parkersburg Catholic uh, misfiring in the first round. First round wasn't kind to this area. Ritchie County lost in their upset bid. Tyler Consolidated looked good, put up 30 points against Wheeling Central, but ultimately fell short. And Parkersburg South losing in stunning fashion. 
the final moments of that game. So really a lot of the bigger moments came in the first round of the quarterfinals. Look at the Super 6. You got two rematches from last year in Spring Valley and Martinsburg and Bluefield and Fairmont Senior and AAA and AA respectively. Two 13-0 teams in AAA. I think Martinsburg, from what I've heard, uh, they look pretty unstoppable. Spring Valley, I think, is going to give them a game. But Martinsburg should have a pretty good shot there at another state championship. Fairmont Bluefield Senior, I think, is going to be the best game of the weekend, honestly, because I think Bluefield is going to want to defend their title. They're 12-1. and uh, Fairmont Senior, 13-0. I think it's a better Fairmont Senior team than what they had last year. And, of course, Bluefield lost Mookie Collier to graduation, who was the Kennedy Award winner and the best player they had last year. So I kind of give the edge to Fairmont Senior to step up and continue their perfect season and get the win in Class AA. And in Class A, Wheeling Central Williamstown, a rematch of that August 23rd game. Either way, Williamstown cut it, whether it was Central or Doddridge County, they were going to have a rematch of one of the two teams that beat them this season. Williamstown's a lot better since these two teams last played, but so too was Central. I saw that game between Williamstown and Wheeling Central. I saw Central in the playoffs. I saw Williamstown later in the year. I know Williamstown's past game evolved, and really it was just simple mistakes in the passing game and a couple other areas that made Wheeling Central's 33-0 win more of a runaway than it should have been on August 23rd. Williamstown cleaned things up, and they've got a diverse offense more than it used to be at least, but Wheeling Central has a lot of talent. Their biggest enemy is going to be themselves. If Wheeling Central makes mistakes, Williamstown's the kind of team that can jump on those, and that's their best chance to win this game. And in fact, if Wheeling Central makes mistakes, Williamstown must capitalize on those if they're to win this game. And if they do, I think they've got a good shot to win. I think there are too many people riding Williamstown off. It's a good football team, and I think it's going to be within two touchdowns, one way or the other, but I think Central wins. But Williamstown's going to give them a game unless Central makes mistakes that Williamstown capitalizes on. Then Williamstown's going to step up and punch Wheeling Central in the nose. So that's something that if I'm Wheeling Central head coach Mike Young, you'd have to think he's emphasizing to his team this week that if they make mistakes, this is a Williamstown team that's going to be ready for that upset. They're going to want it. They, you know they've been thinking about it since August 23rd. A lot of us left there thinking that we might see these two teams on Wheeling Island, and fortunately the rematch is happening on Wheeling Island and not a semifinal or a quarterfinal. It is where it belongs in the Super 6. I think that's going to be the most intriguing game. I think the best game might be that double-A game, and Spring Valley and Martinsburg uh, will play for the triple-A title. I think Martinsburg's got a shot to make it another title in triple-A. An announcement for the podcast. Next week is the season finale of the Eric Little High School Football Podcast. It'll go away for the winter. It'll come back next year. Not sure what we'll do. We'll have some end-of-the-season reactions and thoughts. Of course, we'll run down the Super 6. Maybe even some postseason awards. That depends on how I feel and what I've got in mind going into next week. If you've got anything you'd like to see, feel free to let me know, and we'll get that in there. We have a poll question for you. One more poll question, the last one. Should the Super 6 stay in Wheeling or go elsewhere? If it leaves, why and where should it go? This is going to elicit some interesting interesting responses as well, as many things in regards to the Super 6 do. For whatever reason, the Super 6 conjures some strong feelings and emotions, but again, should the Super 6 stay in Wheeling or go elsewhere? If it leaves, why and where should it go? That's next week's poll question. Of course, you can answer that question and give your feedback on that and any other topic of discussion on the Eric Little High School Football Podcast Facebook page. You can search it by that name on Facebook. If you haven't liked it already, please do. Again, share your thoughts and we'll get those into the episode. It's a conversation. It's something that is ongoing between me and you, the listeners 
listener, and I'm glad to do it every week. Download us and subscribe to us on iTunes. You can also listen to us on SoundCloud as well. And like I said, next week's episode will be the season finale. We'll wrap things up on this 2018 high school football season. That'll do it for us once again. I'm the namesake, Eric Little. We thank you for joining us on another edition of the Eric Little High School Football Podcast. Enjoy the Super 6. Thank you for listening all season long, and we'll do it one more time next week. This has been the Eric Little High School Football Podcast. Don't forget to like us on Facebook and vote in our weekly poll. Come back next week for another new episode, and thanks for listening.